Are reishi, turmeric, or curcumin going to tank my testosterone? This is a clip from a live Q&A session open to CMJ Masterpass members. In addition to this episode, you can access lots of other free samples from these sessions at the first link in the description. RJ Douglas says, Hi, Chris. Thank you very much for doing these AMAs. You're welcome, RJ. They're very educational. I have heard that reishi, as discussed in this study, and turmeric, as discussed in this study, can both decrease testosterone production. I, I enjoy having these items on occasion, so my question is, assuming a standard dose for how long would these impact testosterone production? For example, would the impact on testosterone be cleared from my system in 24 hours? I ask this question in part because I usually weight train in the morning. So I want my testosterone to peak around that time. And I'm considering adding turmeric, reishi, etc. in the afternoon or evening in order to get the restorative and anti-inflammatory benefits from these substances without them impacting my workouts. Thank you very much for taking my question. Uh, so we're looking up at a, a study in the International Journal of Endocrinological Metabolism from 2012 called An Update on Plant-Derived Anti-Androgens from Paul Grant and Shaman Ram Ram Ramasamy. And this says, anti-androgens are an assorted group of drugs and compounds that reduce the levels or activity of androgen hormones within the human body. Disease states in which this is relevant include polycystic Ovarian syndrome, hirsutism, hirsutism, acne, benign prostatic hyperplasia, and endocrine-related cancers such as carcinoma of the prostate. We provide an overview and discussion of the use of anti-androgen medications in clinical practice and explore the increasing recognition of the benefits of plant-derived anti-androgens. For example, spearmint tea in the management of PICOS, for which some evidence about efficacy is beginning to emerge. Other agents covered include red reishi, which has been shown to reduce levels of 5-alpha reductase, the enzyme that facilitates conversion of testosterone to dihydrotestosterone, licorice, which has phytoestrogen effects and reduces testosterone levels, Chinese peony, which promotes the aromatization of testosterone into estrogen, green tea, which contains epigallocatechins and also inhibits 5-alpha reductase, thereby reducing the conversion of normal testosterone into more potent DHT, black cohosh, which has been shown to kill both andro androgen responsive and non responsive human prostate cancer cells, chaste tree, which has a re which has a reduces sick <laughs> prolactin from the anterior pituitary and saw palmetto extract, which is used as an anti androgen through it, although it showed no difference in comparison to placebo in clinical trials. Well, I'll say off the bat that I mean I I'm not familiar with this data, but we are going to have to know most probably what the active component is and then have a pharmacokinetic study on how long it lasts in the body to be even begin answering your question. And I would be surprised if they have uh, <coughs> I'd be surprised if they if they have detailed data on that unless there's actually a sort of half what you would ideally want is a half-life of the effect. Um, in humans, you know, so a study where they dose a certain dose on a regular schedule in humans and then look at how long does the decrease in testosterone take to recover. And then that's, that's going to be very complicated by the fact that, you know, they even indicated in the abstract, some of these are having, um, you know, inhibiting, um, 
testosterone metabolizing enzymes like 5-alpha reductase, which which isn't even going to... You'd have to be measuring DHT um, and other testosterone metabolites together to be looking at the activity of that. And I would be very surprised if they have detailed data on that in humans. Um, maybe just keyword search through here. So you, you were concerned about reishi and turmeric, right? So reishi, they say, red reishi, commonly known as lingji in Chinese, is a mushroom thought to have many health benefits in research exploring the anti-androgenic effects of 20 mushrooms species. Reishi mushrooms have the strongest action inhibiting testosterone. That study found that reishi mushrooms significantly reduced the 5-alpha reductase preventing conversion of testosterone to the more potent DHT. High levels of DHT are a risk factor for conditions such as benign prostatic hypertrophy, acne, and baldness. I mean, I'll tell you right away that it sounds like this is a like a cell study where you're not going to have any uh, where you're not going to have any information on half life in the human. Uh, so they're looking at inhibiting testosterone induced growth of the ventral prostate in castrated rats. All right, so here they are making methanol extracts of edible mushrooms. And then, and then, all right, it's basically a cell study. So they're taking rat, liver, and prostate microsomes, which are endoplasmic reticulum, which is a subcellular organelle. And then they're, and then they're looking at the effect of the enzymatic activity in those extracts. So in the rat study, they took the testes out of the rats after four days. Testosterone was injected into them once daily for seven days. Some animals got a 0.3% of the milled brooding body of guanoderma lucidum with their food. I don't, I mean, let's see if there's anything on time course here. They got it at the same time as the testosterone, but they got them once daily for seven days. Then they killed them and they looked at the growth of the prostate. There's nothing about the time course there. And also they don't have... Um, the anti-androgen effect was just shown in the screening of the... I, that, like, it's not even a cell study. They isolated a subcellular component and then screened it. And so you're, you, know, you, you presumably you have um, an effect in the rats given that you inhibited the testosterone induction of prostate growth, but the anti-androgenic effect on the enzyme is is looking at it in a in a you sort of just dumping the extract right on the subcellular organelle. And so you have to keep in mind that when you generally these cell studies aren't accurate because uh, phytochemicals are treated as xenobiotics, and so besides the fact that you're absor you're absorbing, you know, probably 1% on average of phytochemicals and then you're methylating them and glucuronidating them et cetera, et cetera, generally cells are exposed to the to the Z to the um phase 2 conjugates meaning once you've detoxified it to make it easier to excrete there by methylating, glucuronidating, et cetera. That's what cells are exposed to. So 
dumping these things on a subcellular organelle is um is it's an interesting proof of principle as a screening thing, but it, I wouldn't conclude anything at all from it uh, except that it that might happen. Um, and there's you know you can't draw any time course from this in in vivo study there, and they don't list any other relevant studies in this paper. Um, and so that's you know that's that might be all there is on that. So the, the other one you have is modulation of AKR. 1C2 by curcumin decreases testosterone production in prostate cancer from Cancer Science 2018. Okay, so they fed the, the mice 200 megs per kg per day of curcumin for a month and then looked at prostate tissues from this mouse model of adenocarcinoma. Testosterone and, and DHT concentrations in the prostate cancer cells were determined through mass spectrometry. Curcumin inhibited cell proliferation and induced apoptosis of prostate cancer cells in a dose dependent manner. Curcumin decreased the expression of steroidogenic acute regulatory proteins, CYP11A1 and HSD3B2 in prostate cancer cell lines, supporting the decrease of testosterone production. They did a, a, a double-blind trial on prostate-specific antigen in male patients with negative prostate cancer biopsies. PSA levels decreased in the patients among the group which PSA was over 10 and were treated with a supplement containing isoflavones and curcumin. Furthermore, treatment strongly inhibited PSA production, production and suppressed expression of androgen receptor. And this, so this study, is this the way they're talking about this study kind of sounds like a BS to me. So I want to take a look at that. Um, I mean, it's it sounds like they are. I mean, first of all, they're combining soy with with uh, with curcumin, and so we don't know which is doing which. But the relevant thing is is not. It's not whether the PSA went down. That's a complete BS way to look at this because if something is high, it will go down as a result of regression of the mean on average, no matter what. It's was PSA lower in the supplement group versus the placebo group. So, P, I mean, so for okay, this this study is complete BS. So look at this. Um. The PSA at baseline is, is, first of all, it's higher in the supplement group than in the placebo group, which is, there's not a lot you can do about that if you're randomizing it, if it's a small study, you know, whatever. But the, but the point is that it's, it's 2.5 points higher in the supplement group than the placebo group. And the amount that it's going down... It, look, it's PSAs lower in the placebo group. End of story, you know. But of course, that doesn't tell you anything really, because I mean, it's very consistent with this thing doing nothing to PSA. Um, so the the principle of regression of the mean is is, um, and I I went I have a post on this where I went into great detail. Just search my website for regression to the mean. Um, I got an article called like when something, when a study shows something is true, but it's completely false or regression of the mean or something like that. But the principle, you know, the, the, I, I won't go through the mechanics of why this is true, but the principle is that if something is high, it will go down on its own. Um, and the, the reason is that if you get, if you get a collection of people with high PSA, you know, some of those people 
always have high PSA, but some of those people usually have lower PSA, but they just had a bad PSA day. And so because their PSA was higher, they got into that group, which means that on average, um, you're going to have more of those people that usually have normal PSA, but it was high on that day that you measure the next time. And it's just the overwhelming probability is that the PSA is going to be lower for them and they're going to drive down the group average. And so that's why the overwhelming rule that you would get from any statistics class is that what you want to look at is is the ending value in the supplement versus the placebo group. Um, but if if you if you have a BS uh, if you have a well conducted study that shows nothing and you want to and you want to BS your results, you'll look at something like the decline in over the course of the study in the supplement group. Why would you even have a placebo at all if that was the metric you're using? It's total BS. Um, and so the study shows that that this thing does nothing to PSA because the PSA is literally lower in the placebo group than the supplement group, and that's not statistically significant. <clears throat> but it's but it's but the point is if you wanted to show that this supplement did anything, you would need to show that this was statistically significantly lower in the supplement group than the placebo group. So the conclusion from this paper is that there is no inhibitory effect of soy isoflavones or curcumin on the production of PSA, and therefore all the mechanistic BS to explain why that effect exists is useless because it doesn't exist. Um, All right, so this is the same authors who showed this study who are misrepresenting it in this paper. Therefore, I question this whole paper because these, these people are trying to propagate this extremely weak effects in this paper and and build on it by showing more and more reasons why an effect that didn't happen happened you know so that that really calls into question the whole thrust of this of this paper but anyway um one thing i'll look at real quick is whether curcumin in uh it examines human effects matrix has anything on testosterone. Oh, great. Great. A human study showing no effect. A randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial to evaluate the role of curcumin in prostate cancer patients with intermittent androgen deprivation. Prostate 2019 by Choi et al. Total of 97 participants were randomized one-to-one to curcumin and placebo. Among them, 82 patients were were evaluable for the analysis. I don't care about the off-treatment. Do they, the change of PSA testosterone levels during six months were not different between curcumin and placebo groups. Um, so no effect on testosterone in humans. Uh, let's see. And then let's see if they have reishi. Testosterone. C-study. Randomized clinical trial of an ethanol extract of guanoderma lucidum in men with lower urinary tract sy- sy- syndromes. And no changes were observed with respect to testosterone levels, among many other things. Um, all right. Well, that's it. There's no effect on testosterone of either of these things in humans. These, these, cell, these screening studies are interesting, but there's no human effects. Um, and these people are over interpreting their results and promoting a, a bigger effect than there is. So 
I wouldn't worry about it at all. Um, but to give you an alternative answer, generally, most of these phytochemicals, I mean, if you don't know the specific one, and, and you, you can't really say much about the dose over time and how long it takes to go away. But as a general rule of thumb, your body's trying to get rid of this stuff. And usually it doesn't stay much in the system for more than 24 hours. You know, So I'm most familiar with green tea. And I know green tea catechins... Um, you know, they're gone in like 24 hours. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit stays around, but if you, if a certain dose is going to re- be required to do something with testosterone, in which case it's going to have to be way bigger than any of the doses in these studies finding no effect, um, then it's, it, it's, it's not going to, st- even, even if there's some left after 24 hours, it's, there's not going to be much left. Not, not enough to do anything that, that that first initial dose was required to do. So thank you, RJ, for your question. Hope that helped. This is a clip from a live Q&A session open to CMJ Masterpass members. In addition to this episode, you can access lots of other free samples from these sessions at the first link in the description. If you want to become a Masterpass member so that you can participate in the next live Q&A, or so that you can have access to the complete recording and transcript of each Q&A session, you can join at chrismasterjohnphd.com slash masterpass. You can save 10% off the subscription price for as long as you remain a member by signing up at chrismasterjohnphd.substack.com slash Q&A. That's Q&A spelled out as Q-A-N-D-A. These links are in the description.